Hi, this is Cameron. And my name is Jorge Luis. Today in our Hopecast, we're going to be visiting, in our minds, the Episcopal Church of Emmaus. Thanks for being with us, and let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Hi, this is Cameron Graham Vivanco. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am the co-founder and director of Education Equals Hope. I direct the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H down here in Ecuador as well. Today, we're going to look at one of our other ministry sites. Yay! We really like our ministry sites, if you can't all tell. All of them, of course. <laughs> we love yes. all of them. But today, we're going to talk about a mouse. Woohoo! A mouse? Did I just, what? Is there a mouse? <laughs> no, no, it's not a mouse. <laughs> in Spanish, it's a mouse. A mouse. In English, I'm going to see if I can say it right. Uh, it's Emmaus. Emmaus, yes. Right? Yeah. Yes, the biblical it. town of Emmaus. Um, but it's really funny when we take teams because <laughs> in Spanish, obviously, you say Emmaus, and they're like, there's a mouse? <laughs> Sorry. I've never heard that before. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. <laughs> I've heard it a hundred times. Um, education equals hope exist to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. We, of course, work here in Ecuador, but also in Costa Rica, Haiti, Kenya, Rwanda, and Ecuador. And Ecuador. That was five, yeah. right? <laughs> Ecuador is the fifth. Yes. So just a quick reminder about that, and thank you so much for joining us. So let's dive into this wonderful, wonderful community called Amos. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting. This is one of my favorite mystery sites. It's everyone, every single one of them. When was the first time that you were there? First time I was at Amos was in 2002. Wow. I think the first time that I was there was summer 2017. So it's not a long what? time. That's like yesterday. It's nothing. Yes, I know. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? So in 2002, um, Amos used to be a, literally a storefront church. Here in Ecuador, a storefronts, um, not in the malls, but all the yeah. little tiny shops around. It's like a garage door that you roll up. It's this big tin door that you roll up and then... There's no front wall. And like you just walk in and there's the <laughs> there's the church. So that was the church. It had, I think, five rows of pews, I think, on each side, but each pew could hold about three people. So with 15 people, we were like sardines in there. Wow. Um, I think there were probably only about 10 people in the <laughs> church at the time. Um, I can't quite remember who the priest was way back in the day. Um but our first team, yeah. uh, we took our very first team to Amos when it looked like that. And you was, were a team host. And I was a team host. Wow. Well before Education Equals Hope started, before anything. So long, long relationship with the uh, families that have been there. Yes. Um, some people listening to this might know our dear friend Anita Palacios and mm-hmm. her family um, owns that strip mall. And at the end of it, part of it is their... Uh, their hardware store, which mm-hmm. is how they, what's their business. And so uh, several years later, they donated kind of the back corner of their lumber yard to mm-hmm. build a church. And mm-hmm. then we've been able to be a part of building, wow, physically building the cement part of the church and, and the it, human yeah. part of the church, which of course is. That's amazing. So you were able to see like the start from scratch, right? Starting from scratch, yeah. That's cool. What are the highlights from that? Like, what, what do you remember from back then 
that is surpri- that was amazing for you then, but that is like having a fruit right now? Um, the longevity of relationship and wow. seeing, especially the Palacios family, how they've poured into that community. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a little bit more resource than the majority of people around them, but have always been incredibly generous towards the church community with that, just so wanting to have a place of, of worship for for their families, for their workers' families, for the larger community. Just in, incredible generosity, incredible people of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, here's a little shout out to Christ Church of Elizabeth City. Uh-huh. They came down in 2006. And that was the very first team that we that I took, <laughs> that anybody ever took, because Youth World didn't work with the Episcopal Church. That was churches. the first one ever. That was the first team ever. And I, <laughs> there was this, this room that, it was a interior room, but it had a window to another room. Uh-huh. And that window... We, I can't remember if there wasn't glass or what, but we opened it up and then we made our own um, puppet show out of, <laughs> out of that window. It was just really fun. Uh, and that church, Christ Church of Elizabeth City, was the second. Um, they caused Educational's Hope to expand. They caused wow. Educational's Hope to to open a franchise because, as we've already talked about, we had opened in Carmen Bajo. Yeah. We had about 35 students there. And then then Christ Church Elizabeth City came down, and we went and worked because we, we um, I want to match Episcopal churches to Episcopal churches when we can or if there's a, a fit for, yeah, of um, course. for the gifts and talents that are on the team and what the congregation needs. Uh, but so we we did we matched matched Christchurch Elizabeth City with Amos, and while we were there, the women on that team because it was four adult women and three of them had brought their children um, who were all teenagers and one we <laughs> we call Aunt Stooge because she was just hilarious. Uh, but that group of women said, "Why? What? Well, if you're doing that at Carmen Bajo, can't we do that here? Can't mm-hmm. can't we start supporting students at Amos?" And I was like, "I mean." Sure, like <laughs> let's figure it <laughs> out. That we uh, there was no shortage of need, yeah, right? Of course, um, of course. You could tell that easily, and the stories and the building of friendships with people in the Amos community, um, realizing that uh, micro scholarships to keep young people. Um, this is a time the Yanakayo uh, family is one of the. I see pillar families of Amos, and they're waking up at four o'clock in the morning. All of them. Wow. All of them. 12 kids waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to form mud bricks by hand and and then bake them. And that was their job. And and if they didn't meet their brick quota, then the kids couldn't go to school because um, that's how they were making their money. So one of those, like, yeah, micro scholarships could really uh, impact this community. Mm-hmm. And we have since seen that. Here we are. I guess that started in 2006. So here we wow. are 15 years later. <laughs> Um, and the church is a different place, but they have a incredibly rich, life-giving education equals hope program in the church. And it has been incredible to see the fruit of yeah. that ministry, the fruit of the young people who have come through that program. Um, just really, it's, it's fantastic. That's, that's what I remember. That's amazing. What 
from your perspective, because we're listening route equals H perspective, and we would love to have someone uh, from ML from MLS yes, with Anita us. Yes, Anita does speak some English, so maybe we she can, can get her with on us the next show. time, right? To tell uh, us her maybe perspective. Maybe not next time, but one of the times. <laughs> I mean, next time that we talk about MLS. <laughs> yes, yes, that's perfect. what I meant. Yes, but the thing is, uh, from your perspective, how important has been that that relationship with teams for the leadership and the community of MLS? Oh my gosh. We have said once or twice on this podcast that life is about relationships. Mm -hmm. And those relationships from 2006 still stick. <laughs> um, so Christchurch Elizabeth City has continued to give monthly to Education with Hope for the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. And that goes to directly to Amos. Mm -hmm. um, that particular church sent down, I believe, four short-term mission teams in the course of five years. We had the chance with that, because they had built so much relationship, we had the opportunity to come serve at Amos and then form a new team together with the Amos um, congregants and went and served in an orphanage in a jungle town in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. it, it was one of the formative moments of my life watching this come together, um, these two different cultures coming together and those friendships formed to come together and watching them learn about each other and learn about God as they went to go serve in building uh, another orphanage. There were, I think, 27 of us in a house that slept 12. Mm -hmm. um, and we had running water three, <laughs> three hours out of the day. None of... That part wasn't planned. We did bring air mattresses. Uh, there are so many stories to tell about that particular adventure. But to see those relationships and know that there are still conversations. Um, uh, a woman in Elizabeth City, uh, a deep friendship with another woman here in town, um, Sonia. And Sonia's husband, unfortunately, just died of COVID um, mm. about two months ago. Oh. And... And who calls her up but her dear friend from Elizabeth City. Um, wow. And so really deep relationship and seeing how that walking alongside, we've talked about this in our poverty, poverty alleviation and, and determining, defining poverty, mm -hmm. to see how it is just by listening, just by walking, just by being, bearing witness to someone else's life, especially in a mm -hmm. situation, a humble financial um, poverty of condition, how that brings poverty alleviation of just knowing that someone's with you, That's walking so cool. with you. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. what, do, what, would, what do you think are the characteristics of that church? Every church is particular. Um, it, it's impossible to see that one of, like, you take two in your hand and they can not be the same, of mm -hmm. course. But what are the highlights that you see mm -hmm. uh, from teams and as equals age? What are those things that are super characteristic from that church? For me, there are two, and then I'm going to turn around and ask you the yes. same question. So you can be thinking about Good. your answers. But for me, um, it is such a young church. It mm -hmm. is a church that the vast majority of the congregants are 20s or teens or and children kids. and uh -huh. children. Mm -hmm. And it is one of those places. This has become their home. It mm -hmm. is the safe place. It is where they have community, where the church is um, is. Um, that's a dramatic pause, and I don't mean it to be. It is providing for them in, in tangible ways, like the scholarship program, and in the intangible ways, like the community and the support, which is why Equals Ages run through churches, right? Yeah. So, because we want to. We want to bring young people into the preventative nature of a church, all of those relationships that are around them um, in that. So I would say for me, 
the first one is how young the church is. Okay. Um, there probably is, I want to say like two older, like in their 60s, 70s, but it is a young, young <laughs> it church. Is, it is a young church. Um, and the other thing that maybe goes with the fact that it's younging, but younging, <laughs> that is a young church, is the dancing. They of have course. their They have their <laughs> folkloric dance group that... They're they're gaining some well before COVID at least they were they were gaining some some fame um, for just being great traditional dancers and they love to to do that and to share that gift with others and gives them um, something to rally around and a sense of pride so and I can just see the the bright colorful skirts yeah twirling around and all the dances and they are just incredible in that. So what do you think the two things I are? think that's that's really cool. I, I, I'm going to mention something specifically like that, like the dancing part. I think Emmaus is, um, it's one of such a special ministry side because they do a lot of things. They have a lot of activities within the church, prayer, thing, prayer meetings, they have Bible studies, they have the dance club and all those things, and the folkloric dance club. But the main thing um, that this church also is that they particularly want to take all of the activities as an excuse for discipleship, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And they truly understand what discipleship means. It's not just like sitting down with someone and asking them their problems and, you know, it's actually doing life with them. Mm-hmm. It's having some coffee together. It's doing lunches together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing to see how sometimes it's not like a church activity uh, that 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 Nancy, that is the reverend. Mm-hmm. It's not like she stands up and says like, we are going to start doing lunches every Monday. Yeah. No, but naturally people know that church, that she is there on Monday and they just come and other moms from the community come and say like, let's have lunch together. Mm. You know, like let's, let's spend some time which together. Is, which is huge in Ecuadorian culture. That doesn't, amazing. that doesn't happen mm-hmm. like in the U S when, Oh, we should grab lunch. Like this is a very special thing. Yeah. Um, that, that people are drawn to that community. And she's a great leader, Nancy. She's great amazing. Leader. And the, the amazing thing is that she's not by herself. She has a huge um, team of leaders, mm-hmm. women, mothers that are together and that they hold up the, the community and the entire church. And most of what, something that is amazing to me is that sometimes I've gone there and I like, if they're not a church, they are in someone's home, mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they said, like, you know, like, I don't know how to teach my kids this. Can you do that? So they bring them all together. And they said, like, I don't have a lot of food for my family. What do you have? Mm. So we say, like, okay, you have some rice. They have some beans. Let's put it all together. Wow. And let's do lunches together. Let's wow. do dinners together. Mm-hmm. And while we do that, uh, can the younger, uh, I mean, the older of our, of our uh, siblings or whatever, can take care of the little ones. Mm-hmm. And they form a family. Yeah. And now every time that, for example, I'm thinking about Valeria, that she's that mm-hmm. young mom with two kids, yeah. every time that she has to go to school and her husband is working, she leaves her kids with people from the church. Yeah. And that home, it's like a family-based, you know, kind of, kind of like a family for this other, for, mm-hmm. for, for Valeria's children. So it's just really usual for them to be together and it's amazing to see how comfortable and how safe they feel and right? that that has happened through the church community through the church community and Absolutely. it's not it, that's not the only case mm-hmm. whenever someone is sick they are super aware of it mm-hmm. and if even if it can be just a little um uh, pot of chicken soup right 
but they are always like going to be there for for each other, which is really cool. And it's a really, it's a small community, but a very tight community. Mm-hmm. I mean, the church is probably 100 people, yes. 120. We have, um, I think we have about 50 students there. I think 49 students mm-hmm. there this school year. And we they have, um, their monthly budget is $880 a month. Wow. So that's Roughly $17 a student. Wow. And that is the difference between these kids staying in school mm-hmm. and, them, and they're not, whether, whether they get to have internet. And, uh, and I know that a couple of families in the church pulled together funds and some relief funds to buy tablets and smartphones so that kids could keep going to school. They would come to the church and shifts to do internet, uh, use the church's internet. Um, it just incredible, incredible community. Yeah. I think that was that's the word that <laughs> that comes to mind the most. <laughs> uh, what else do you see at MLS? What else is I also see that the the leadership or or the older uh, people from church they are super not just worried but like very committed to the young um, to the young people from church. So that way you can see like leaders that are uh, in college that they are teaching what they know to the little kids. Um, tutoring, helping them with that. I, we can see our coordinator, that is Chivita mm-hmm. Evetuapanta, uh-huh. um, that she was a student from the scholarship program. She graduated program. from Educational Hub, and now she's coordinating it. Wait, and wait. So she's not, now she's coordinating. And she's not just like, you know, calling the shots and saying what to do. She's there with the kids. Yeah. She goes to the church, of course, because before the pandemic. She will open the church by herself and receive the kids and let them use a computer from the church and tell them, okay, we're going to do your computer or your science project right now. Can you imagine any um, head pastor or rector in a church in the United States being like, here are the keys to my office. You guys go ahead and use my computer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and well, that's what happens right here. And, right? and the thing is that they see that example from one and other people start doing that. Oh, Same thing. Beautiful. And there's like a sweet, sweet lady that leaves right like, Next door. Right next door. They share a wall. Yeah, they the share a wall. And uh-huh. whenever, like, she sees the kids, she does coffee or she makes uh, she makes coffee or tea or, or bread or whatever she can for those little kids that are coming out of tutoring classes, which is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. the sense of care for those little ones is so yeah. important. Every time that I talk to Nancy about plans, activities or whatever, she is really, really focused in how are we going to let our kids grow and have a different perspective on life. Mm, It's so important. And they are not just saying it. They're committed to show them and prove that, right? There are two two families at MOs that have special needs children. Mm -hmm. And to see how the church has rallied around and supported them, Mm -hmm. because special needs in Ecuador, and especially in these communities, um, you're... There are not a whole lot of therapy classes or special classes. Any, There's very little help for yes. a mom, never mind a teenage mom, that has a child with special needs. Uh, and to see the church rally around these two families and um, do food and, and take care of the children with special needs so that moms can have a break or the moms can spend time with their other children, uh, they just really do a f- tremendous, tremendous job. Well, that's... 
that's a, a little glimpse of what a mouse is truly like, right? Yes. It's just a little part of it. And we would love to continue this topic in the next episode. Not, not exactly the next one, <laughs> but in a new episode. Whenever we can get Anita podcast. into the studio, we'll, um, we'll bring you some of the stories, uh, mm-hmm. the specific stories of the students at Amos. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to uh, our eight. Our 18th HopeCast. Yes. And um, Education Goals Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult places. If you'd like to join us in that, please visit our website, www.educationgoalshope.org, and find that Donate Now button. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our HopeCast. If you want to join the mission, know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.